Hello guys, and welcome to Late Night Readers. Today I will be reading A Very Dusty Old Christmas by Winchester underscore fever underscore on Wattpad. After, because this is our first episode after I read the story, I will interview her on certain things like what she got how like how she got the ideas for the story what the hardest part about writing the story was and would she ever or would they ever pursue a career in writing let's begin December 1st, prompt, making cookies, drinking hot cocoa by the fire. It was Christmas time, December 1st, late afternoon in Suix Falls. Dean and Cass were digging around Bobby's pantry trying to find all the ingredients for some simple sugar cookies. So far, they had the flour, eggs, baking soda and powder, and butter. They still needed vanilla extract and white sugar. Cass was standing on a stool to reach the taller shelves. I have obtained the sugar, he shouted to Dean, who was on his hands and knees, head deep in the lowest cabinet. It was dusty and dark. Bobby walked in the small room with a glass of pop in his hand. A small smile pranced upon his face as the scene unfolded in front of him. Awesome, I found the vanilla, Dean said back, backing out of the cabinet, dust following him. Cass jumped down from the stool, lending a hand to Dean, and waving the dust away from his face. Gross, thanks for stirring up the filth. Bobby commented from the doorway, sipping from his cup. I heated the oven up for already for you boys. A grin spread across Castiel's face. So wide, Dean thought his face might what his face would crack and fall off. Now we can start the recipe, Cass exclaimed, his voice an octave higher than usual, nearing a squeal. Dean sneezed in response, triggering one from Sam, who was reading at the kitchen table. Wow, you must have ripped up the floorboards if if Sam's sneezing from over there, Bobby said jokingly. Dean and Cass carried the baking supplies from the pile that had collected on the floor by the door. They dropped the bottles and containers on the space they cleared onto the counter. 
Bobby went out to the front to tend to Ajax. What you reading there, Sammy? Dean asked over his shoulder. Sam tore his attention away from the words for a moment. Of mice and men. John Steinbeck. It's getting sad, so shut up. Sam answered quickly, then immersed himself back in the last few chapters of the book. Dean rolled his eyes. Sam never read anything cool enough for Dean's standards. Cass took off his trench coat and trench and suit coat, leaving him in his iconic white dress shirt and dark blue tie. They rolled up their sleeves and began to dump the ingredients into a large bowl. Remember the last time you tried to bake? At the motel in Idaho? Dean asked as he poured sugar directly into the bowl without measuring it. We do not speak of that day, Cass said quietly. He had made a pie, well, tried to. When Sam and Dean returned from the hunt, they found Castillo putting out a fire inside the oven. A black tin with black crust was found inside the smoking oven. That was not a good day for pie. Cass had the cookbook propped up against the wall, reading the instructions. Dean was whisking the mixture, eyebrows scrunched in concentration. Cass dripped the vanilla extract into the bowl, carefully making sure he didn't add too much. Dean couldn't get all the small clumps of flour and was quickly becoming frustrated. You have to beat it, not just stir. Pretend you are punching a wall, Castiel said, placing the egg carton back into the refrigerator. I'll beat you into a wall, Dean mumbled back, a somewhat weak comeback, but it made Cass blush. He hit his arm lightly. Stop it! Sam is right there, Castiel said quietly, but a puckered grin was still there. Sam barely even twitched at the sound of his name, far too invested in his book to care. Cass put small, even scoops onto two cookie sheets. Dean swiped his finger into the bowl and stuck it in his mouth. Dean, you're going to get salmonella if you eat raw cookie dough because of the eggs, Cass declared, taking the bowl and leaving it on the other side of the counter. Dean left his finger in his mouth, waiting for the right moment to surprise Cass. While he... (sighs) Dean stuck both forefingers into the mixture, dragged one down Cass's cheek, and ate the other part. Hey, Castiel said, dragging out the Y, sounding very annoyed. But a smile subconsciously perked up on his lips. Just remember you started it, Cass warned, reaching for the leftover cookie dough. He threw a slop of the yellow-brown mixture at Dean. The taller man tried to duck the shot, but it ended up hitting him right in the eye. The goose slid down onto his shirt. He shouted and pushed past Castiel while grabbing two handfuls of the dough, then dove behind the 
kitchen table where Stanley still calmly read his book, literally not giving two craps about his brother's shenanigans. Dean tossed a glob over Sam's unknowing head, the dough slamming into Cassiel's tie. He looked down slowly to see it sludge down his shirt, dripping onto the floor. His face morphed into pure anger and disgust. Dean was crouched on the floor, peeking around the table, laughing at Angel's emotions. Cass ground his teeth and took another handful and rounded on Dean. He slipped away to the other side of the table, getting the nearly empty bowl off the counter. Dean aimed and fired, missing by a few inches. Instead of hitting Cass in the chest, it hit Sam in the back of the head, ruining his shiny, perfectly combed hair. Oh, Sam, sorry, Dean stuttered, giving his younger brother a weak smile. He was backed up against the cabinets on the floor. No escape. Sam stood slowly, turned around, and crouched to Dean's level, and snatched the bowl away. He gave a quick, strained smile, then socked Dean in the jaw. Sam took the bowl and his book, then proceeded to stomp up the staircase. Oops, (laughs) Dean said with a forced chuckle and stood up. Cass strode over and made sure Dean was okay. Dean started to pat the dough off Cass's shirt and tie, and Castiel did the same for Dean's face. Bobby opened the door and took in the scene before him. There was cookie dough on the floor and counter. A Winchester was bleeding, and a burning smell rose from the oven. Can you two be any messier? Bobby shook his head at the side of the kitchen. You boys better clean up. Dean started it, Cass whined, sounding like a child. Bobby sniffed the air with a weird expression. I think your cookies are crisps now, Bobby said, shambling over behind the boys. Dean gasped, turned off the oven, and whipped it open. They are so dark. Cass cried out in fear of ruining his first batch of cookies ever. He pulled out the trays and put it on the counter. The three men stared at the golden brown cookies until the steam stopped rising off the trays. They look awful, Cass said sadly, looking glumly at his stained shirt and ugly sugar cookies. Don't be hard on yourself. It's your first time cooking. I'm sure they taste great. Dean comforted. He picked up one and ate it in one bite. He chewed for a minute. Cass's eyes widened with eagerness. Dean tilted his head from side to side, debating whether or not it was good. Crunchy, but it's good. Very sugary, Dean said, spitting crumbs. Try one, Bobby. Dean gestured to the two trays. Cass picked up one, picked one up gingerly, and took a bite. I can kind of taste it. It's very tough to chew, though, Cass said after 
eating the rest of the cookie, Bobby took a tiny nibble, expecting it to be terrible, but it was really good. Sam! Bobby called up the stairs to the angry younger Winchester. You gotta come try these before they're gone. Sam descended about 15 minutes, his hair wet and now clean and again. Dude, did you shower? Dean joked, still quite guilty about hitting him. It showed in his voice. Sam gave him a curt nod and reached forward to retrieve a cookie, but Cass pushed his hand away. You need to apologize to Dean for punching him before you can have any of my our godly cookies, Castillo said sternly. Sam sighed. Bobby chuckled. Fine, he snapped. Sam turned to Dean, who was perched on the table. Sorry for punching you in the face, jerk. A small smile lifted Sam's angry mood, signaling he was no longer truly mad. Bitch. Dean played back. Sam looked out the window to see snow falling. It was nearing 7 p.m. Look! It's snowing! Cass cheered. He pressed his face and hands against the cool glass. Hey, why don't we make some hot cocoa to celebrate the first snow of the year? Dean suggested pulling up a, an old beat-up kettle off the windowsill. What is hot cocoa? Cassiel asked, doing that cute head tilt he does when he's confused. It's basically liquid chocolate in hot water. Usually good to warm up by the fire. But don't drink it too fast, you'll burn your tongue, Sam exclaimed, getting four mugs out. Liquid chocolate, similar to chocolate syrup, Cass asked. No, less thick and based off of powder and water. Syrup is mainly used for ice cream, Dean said, washing his hands in the sink. Bobby interrupted, putting the mugs back into the cabinet where they came from. No hot chocolate until my kitchen is cleaned up, got it? I need to do some work on my salvage. Better be tidied by 8 o'clock, Bobby said and left the house. I'll get the floor, Sam sighed, moving to get some paper towels. Dean got the dough off the counters and stuffed the cookies into a Tupperware container. The kitchen was looking spotless now, chairs pushed in nicely and counter cloth tops gleaming. Okay, time for hot cocoa, Dean said after turning the stove top on. Cass, let's go get changed. The angel nodded and collected his coats from the table. Both men bounded up the stairs into the bedroom the two were sharing. Dean changed into a long sleeved black shirt and flannel, flannel pajama pants. Cass got into a less fancy white button down and put all the dirty clothes in the hamper. Come here, Cass, Dean beckoned from the dresser. Cass broke the personal space rule and stood right in front of Dean, patiently waiting to see what it was behind his back. What is it, Dean? Cass asked quietly. Dean beamed and revealed a blue and white flowered tie with green stems. 
He wrapped it around Cass's collar and tied it to the Windsor in tied it the Windsor fashion. It's your first de- December with me, so I thought I'd get you a present, Dean murmured. I love it, Cass said, running his fingers along the edges. They both leaned in for a kiss, but the kettle screamed downstairs, making them both making both of them jump. Dean! Cass! Hakoko is ready! Sam yelled up to them. Dean scrambled Cass scrambled to the door, her hand still on his new favorite tie. Dean raced to the bottom of the stairs, saying he would start a fire in the fireplace. Sam Cass helped Sam pour the a hundred some seventy some degree water into the mugs. They carried over the three cups to the sofa in front of the fire. Sam sat on one side of the sofa, Cass cuddled up into the arm of the couch, knowing Dean would want to be in the middle. Dean was bent over the fireplace trying to get a match to light the wood. When it finally did, Cass had a cup of cocoa for him on the couch. Careful, it's hot, Cassio warned. He held out the warm mug to Dean, who accepted it gratefully. He sat down quickly to snuggle up next to his angel and brother, only to spill it all over his front. Ouch! Damn it! Dean exclaimed, jumping up and setting his now empty cup on the mantel. Dude, you okay? Cat Sam asked worriedly from the sofa. Dean, are you alright? Cass asked getting up and putting a hand on his shoulder. I think so, but this is the second shirt I've ruined today, Dean complained. He took it off and threw it at the staircase. His chest was now bright red. Cass and Sam surveyed the damage. You clut, Sam said. Get aloe vera on it. Sam sipped his hot chocolate innocently. I'll rub it in for you, Castillo volunteered. The two were sitting on the dining table, Cass gently massaging the aloe onto Dean's angry red skin. I did tell you it was hot, Cass scolded. Dean rolled his eyes. Well, I didn't mean to dump it on myself, Dean snapped. But hey, you know what would make this better? Dean seized Cass's tie and jerked him in for a kiss, hands still on his chest. Bobby opened the front door at this exact moment to see the two boys making out on his kitchen table. Save it for the bedroom, wouldn't ya? December 2nd, prompt, shopping, stockings, accidentally drops a box of ornaments, and runs out of the store. Dean woke up at around 9 o'clock on December 2nd. He didn't mean to wake up at that unholy time. He meant to sleep until half past 2, but Castiel softly telling him 
to get up made him like a marionette puppet, but a hot one, obeying without question. Dean, we are going Christmas shopping in an hour. Please make sure you are ready by then, Cass said, fixing his blue tie and hand-washed and dried that morning. Dean groaned and blinking blearily at the alarm clock to his left. Cass, it's too early to go shopping. Cass asked, piercing Dean with his quizzical, cerulean eyes. Because it's always crowded, Dean explained while put, pulling on some jeans. Castiel was already fully dressed. <sighs> Whatever. Let's just get o- over with, Dean said. At least I'll be with you. Cass smiled at that. Sam, Cass, and Dean piled into the Impala and headed to the local Christmas shop. Bobby had stayed to dig around for decorations, house lights, and such. It was up to Team Free Will to gather the tree ornaments, lights, ornaments, and tinsel. When they pulled up, the parking lot was almost full, just as Dean predicted. All sorts of cars were lined up. Hondas, Chevys, Kiosks, a lot of Ram trucks, Subarus, even a VW Bug was far in the corner. Dean cut the engine and put the keys in his back pocket. What's on the list, Sammy? Dean asked, trying to put on a fan. A fun, excited match to pass, hoping he could convince the crew with his ass. Truly, he hated shopping. Boring. Simple tree lights and something to put on top of the tree. Sam lifted off slamming the Impala door shut. We need two new orbs, Castiel said, a completely profound expression on his face. Cass was serious about his Christmas shopping. Orbs? Dean asked Stephanie I think you mean ornaments, right? Sam asked, guess, opening the door to the store. I suppose so, Cass muttered. It was packed to the brim. In the large store, people everywhere. Dean grabbed Castiel's hand tightly and wouldn't let go. Dean pulled them over to the bakery side of the store first. Pie. That took a while. Now we should probably get to the real shopping, Sam said. He dragged Dean and Cass to the light section. Cass ooed and hawed at the lights overhead, commenting on how they looked like a starry night in heaven. The trio had a large, long argument over the LED multicolor lights versus theme color lights for the tree. I think the colors need to be blue, Dean said sharply, making huge goofy hand gestures to emphasize his point. Why blue? Sam asked his older brother incredulously. That's not even a traditional Christmas color, because it will match Cass's eyes, 
untie, Dean said with a manly blush. Cass blushed back. Sam threw his hands up. Fine, I don't care what you guys pick, but I'm picking the star. Deal, Sam bargained. Cass and Dean nodded in unison. Sam began walking around the corner to the treetopper section. Cass peeked, pecked Dean lightly on the cheek before rushing off to catch up with Sam. Sam picked out a bright orange star for the top of the tree. Dean didn't like it all, all too much, but he kept true to his word and didn't argue. Sam took the box of lights and the star and went off the browse trail one last Dean was really enjoying himself now and elected to go look for a new set of ornaments. They were both hyper, crazy, silly, and interlocked arms, strolling down aisles waiting for something to catch their eye. A pretty purple set caught Cass's attention. He broke off from Dean and picked up the set. Wow... Cass marveled at the reflective purple colors. He had never seen something as strange and beautiful as these orbs before. Dean held in a laugh and tiptoed forward and squeezed Castillo around his hips, making him squeal in a surprise, dropping the box. The ornament shattered very loudly in the box. People looked. Dean! Cass said accusingly, just giggling accusingly just giggled af- right after come on we gotta run get out of here before they make us pay for it run dean said and pointed at the exit once they made it to the impala dean texted sam and told him they were leaving by the time he got out to the car arms loaded with boxes and bags Cass dl was beside himself laughing dean could barely breathe between the because of the goffods were overwhelming. All right, what the hell happened? Sam asked, a smile creeping onto his lips. The laughter was infectious. Dean made me drop the orbs, Cass said breathlessly. We had to leg it out of here in the car now, Dean said, trying to sound like a drill sergeant. But he started to laugh again. When they made it back to Bobby's, Castiel's face was tear-stained. Happy tears, laughter tears. Hey, Bobby, Sam greeted the fellow hunter. These two commented vandalism, Sam said through a chuckle. Later that evening, Dean and Cass hung their stockings above the fireplace. They admired their work arm in arm, boxes and lights on the floor where the tree was going to go. Well done, Today, Cass, you too, Dean. <laughs> December 3rd, prompt, getting tree, decorating tree, Cass is too short to put the star on the tree, and Dean lifts him up. Okay, before I start reading, I just have 
to address this author's note. It's about ten minutes late, but okay. All mistakes are mine, and I'm sorry for them. True sins. Disclaimer, I don't own SPN. Can I just say how wholesome this is, and how amazing this is? Like, seriously. They did extremely good, and you should go vote for their stories, because it doesn't get enough love. Okay. Rant over. Back to the story. The next day, Cassia let Dean sleep in longer, so he wasn't as grumpy. Dean woke up to the smell of bacon wafting in to greet him. Bobby helped Cass sizzle up some pig without burning it. Dean, Cass cooed kindly with a plate in hand. I made you breakfast. Dean slowly sat up and yawned. Bacon, he asked tiredly, his bedhead making him look like a ragged teenager. Dean scratched his head and yawned again. Cass laughed and handed him the plate. He started devouring the greasy bacon immediately. Uh, I love you, Dean said through the mouthful. Cass blushed and pulled out a clean pair of jeans and a green and black patterned flannel for him. Dean stopped chewing for a second, realizing he might be being played. What's the catch? He, his eyebrows contorted in suspicion. Cass looked like he was caught red-handed during a crime. I was hoping we could go and look for a Christmas tree at a place Bobby found about two hours away from here, Cass said, placing the clothes at the foot of their bed. Dean jumped out of bed, stuffing the rest of the bacon in his mouth. Let's go, Dean said, nearly choking on the huge amount of grease in his throat. Cass sighed with relief. I thought you would hate shopping for a tree, Cass said, tidying the dresser. Dean tugged on his shirt. No, I hate shopping. Looking for a tree is far more... Dean trailed off, looking for the right word. Je ne sais quoi, Cass offered. Dean laughed. I was gonna say manly, but yeah, I guess je ne sais quoi works too. Dean said, buckling his belt. Cass grimaced. It's pronounced je ne sais quoi, Dean. Cass corrected, annoyed. Whatever, Dean said, bouncing down the steps and slipped on his construction boots. Sam was still half asleep with a semi-warm cup of coffee in his hands. Dean... You're up early, Sam commented drowsily. Although he was dressed, he did not look ready for the day. Yeah, we're going to get a tree, Dean said excitedly, doing a jitterly little hop of elation. We're leaving in five. Bobby had gone out to work a werewolf case. 
The quick five minutes passed, then Dean climbed into Bobby's old truck with a smile on his face and a song in his in his heart. Cass sat at the passenger, a scarf hiding his neck. Sam slid ungracefully into the back seat, rubbing his temples. Late night, Sammy? Dean asked with a smirk, pulling out onto a highway in the direction of the tree farm. Like you wouldn't believe. <sighs> Sam replied with a yawn. He hadn't returned to house until the early hours of the morning. It took nearly three hours to get to their destination because of the already heavy Christmas traffic. An inch or two of snow was piled on the road. Dean would have laid a brick on the horn if he had one, because apparently none of these dumbasses can drive in snow, he muttered under his breath. When they finally arrived, Hooked on a Feeling was playing on the radio. It was quickly stuck in Cass's head for the rest of the day. The three boys cruised around looking for the fabled perfect tree. There were so many of all shapes and sizes and thickness. They walked around for hours, joking and playing around. I found it, Cass screamed, running full speed through the snow. He stopped in front of a large seven-foot tree. It's a very light green, Sam observed, Cass turning, turned to him with a fierce expression, protecting the tree. Just like Dean's eyes, Castiel said, chuckling at Dean's love-struck face. He hummed, hooked on a feeling again, probably the uh, hundredth time he'd done it in the last hour. The trio cut down the tree and lugged it back to the burrowed truck. Borrowed truck. After a few coils of rope and plenty of swearing, the tree was successfully tied down. Tied down. They paid for the tree and drove straight into the stupid traffic, becoming refrustrated. Several hours later, Sam's ears were still ringing from the blasting horn and Dean's yelling. Cass tried turning the radio to calm him down. It didn't help with the frustration, but it cycled like this until Sam insisted he take over. It was a much more quiet ride without Dean driving. When they got back to Bobby's, Sam set the tree upright in the living room and then went to bed early. Cass began putting the lights on the tree with much care, making sure each bulb worked. Dean watched from afar eating a piece of pizza on the couch. When it came time to put the star up on top, on the top, Cass was, unfortunately, not tall enough. He stood on his tiptoes and tried bit valiantly to place it there. Dean got up with a grin when he saw his angel sign defeat. I got you, Dean said softly and picked Castiel by, up by the leg like he was a kid so he could finally place it on top. He tilted it down it so it was straight and jumped back down to the floor. Thanks, Dean, Cass said, giving him a kiss on the lips. Come on, let's go lay down. Let's get to bed. 
I'm done for today, Dean said, lacing his hand with Castiel's. Only if you promise to go gift shopping with me tomorrow. Okay, so where did I get the idea for my story? Um, well, last year, mid-November, um, back when I was severely very into Supernatural, I was thinking, what would Dean and Cass do to celebrate celebrate Christmas? And I am, I was, and still am, a very hardcore Destiel shipper. And I went online to look for prompts and found that there were enough ideas to write one fanfiction every day until Christmas. So I compiled a list of prompts from online and a few ideas of my own until I had 25 days worth of writing to do. But I never finished it, so I'm finishing it this year, and hopefully it will be done up on Wattpad on my account by, um, before the year's over. So, yeah. Okay, question two. How long does it take for me to write a chapter? Um, I am a massive procrastinator when it comes to my personal writing, and... Um, sometimes a chapter for a very Destiel Christmas can take two days or more, unless I am feeling really lazy and write one page worth of fanfiction for that day. And, um, I'm a very strong believer in the fact that homework should come first, and every day I have a small portion of my time dedicated to just writing a, no a novel that I'm working on right now. Um, and a chapter for that usually takes two or three weeks with the editing and the rewriting and the drafting and stuff like that. Um, but I think it really depends on what I'm writing and who is writing it. Okay, the hardest part about writing my story. Um, the most difficult part would be the time constraint, because if it was an ideal world, then I would be able to write one five or six page fanfiction every day to be able to post on online. But the time constraint is just so difficult to get around because of school and family and all that stuff. So being a high schooler really isn't an optimal time to get into writing. And um, if I want to keep things consistent, I have to make time in my nights and my mornings to be able to write. So if, whether it's waking up early or going to bed late, then I have time for my writing, which which is hard, but you know, I, I love what I do. Okay, um, the easiest part about writing my story is just coming up with the ideas of what situation to put the characters into. So um, right now I'm working on a like snowboarding or skiing episode where Dean and Cass um, go out to snowboard with Sam and they get into some trouble and they have a good time there and I think just coming up with the ideas is just so much fun and it's so easy too because you could put them in any situation and be able to come up with an interesting and engaging plot line in that situation because the characters are just so malleable it's they're, they're so much fun to work with and I love being able to write them into a Christmas setting with Christmas type stuff. Okay, um, some advice that I would have to give to others um, would be try really, really hard to write every day. And even if it's just five or ten minutes, 
of writing that you can fit in that's worth something. And I think it's very valuable to be able to write every day. Um, another thing would be never, ever delete anything that you have written. Because many months or years from when you have written it, you might think that that's a great idea and you could build something off of it. And I had to learn this the hard way um, when I went through my files and couldn't find something that I had wanted. Um, I just think um, keep writing, don't stop. It's just, it's, it's a practice. You have to continue to work at it until you become better. Okay, would I ever pursue a career in writing? Well, actually, um, that is what I would really, really love to do in life. Um, I started getting into writing in third grade, and I you couldn't stop me. I was always writing all the time. And in retrospect, I think all the stuff that I wrote back then was really crappy, but, you know, it was third grade. Anyhow, um... Right now, since I'm in high school, I've been taking advanced classes and tripling up on all of my credits. So by the time that I'm in my senior year, I will be able to take college-level classes, which I am very excited about to get that opportunity. And I think that um, writing is, is just one of my passions, and I love to do it. Um, anything specific to get over writer's block? Um, well, I have a really, really bad habit of whenever I get writer's block, I just stop writing. I, I just completely stop writing personally, and I immerse myself in work for school and, um, other things. Anything to do that's not writing for my own personal stuff. And then eventually I will get into the mood where I feel like I can write well again. And then I start from the top and it's a whole cycle. And I think it's probably not the best way to go about writer's block, but it works for me. So I'll just have like two months of time where I'm not writing and then I'll come back and then it'll be great. So yeah. <laughs> okay. um, the best part about writing is being able to share a story with anybody around you um, and being able to conceive a message of some sort or like a passion, I guess, or something that you just love with all of your heart with other people and they're able to understand and appreciate your writing too, which is why I was so happy while I was asked to do this podcast. And um, I just think... Writing is just a great way to communicate with other people and be able to share your experiences or share an idea or share any anything. You could really share anything with writing. And I think it's just a great way to make connections and to meet new people and to create a whole realm for yourself. Um, my favorite types of comments to get are, well... A lot of the time I don't even expect any comments because I'm so low profile that I think I won't get any. But I just think it's nice to get any, even if it's somebody just correcting my grammar or... Um, I think like there can be hurtful comments, of course. I'm no stranger to those. But um, the types of comments are like telling me to keep going, that I'm doing a good job, and that I should continue writing whatever I'm writing. And 
knowing that people are out there that enjoy what I write really warms my heart. And I think the ones that tell me, update, like, keep going, I think your story is fine, or something along the lines of that, just really make my heart happy. And I think I would be blessed to get one of those types of comments from anybody. Um, my favorite characters to write about, um, from the supernatural, I love supernatural, so my favorite would probably be interactions between Sam and Dean, or, um, Sam and Dean and Rowena, or Sam and Dean and Castiel, or just Dean and Cass. Um, but personally, um, in one of my novels that I'm writing right now, there are two characters that I have named Rose and... Cass, but with two S's, not unlike the one from Supernatural. And they are probably my two favorite girls to write about because their chemistry is just so great. They're just such good friends. And um, I think a couple of my um, other characters would have to be Mandy and Bunny, who are two other characters from the same story. Um, I love to write about any character, and finding the interactions between two characters can be great.